2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so Greg, we have moved into a very practical um, passage, and this is a little bit of a spicy meatball in this like <laughs> age that we live in. Um, I've definitely heard this passage sort of wielded by the ex-evangelical or post-religious world as like how xenophobic Christians are. Um, and I do also think that you can read this in sort of this like haughty, arrogant way. Um, but we know that that is not the fruit of God's spirit. Mm-hmm. That's love and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And so um, if we feel any tension between the the idea of don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers if we feel like that rubs up against what we know to be the fruit of God's spirit, then we ought to press into it and, you know, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is, you know, he's speaking specifically um, towards, you know, well, normally this is used in the context of marriage, but maybe it extends outside of that. Maybe it doesn't. Greg, what, what are your thoughts on today's passage? I mean, I think, yeah, I think the, the first connotation that I always think of, I think what most people think of as you brought to light was this in the context of marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also that um, when I think about it more in extended, you know, there's a difference between if people use it as a, as a sort of a a proof that Christians are xenophobic. I think there's a difference between associating, knowing people, being friends with them and being yoked to them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you yoke oxen together to, to work. You don't, there's a that's a very different picture than just like knowing people, and we know that Jesus himself associated yeah. with prostitutes and tax collectors and yeah. sinners of every kind, right? So this is not a I don't think in any way a passage that tells you to stay away from unbelievers. Totally, but I think tying yourself to unbelievers uh, in particular ways can be unwise, and I think Paul is giving a warning here. And I think that not just in the context of marriage, but I would say as a single man in the context of dating, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think. Um, I think when I was young, they used to call it missionary dating, right? Hmm. You find someone you like, they're not really a Christian, but you're like, I'm working on them. Yeah. <laughs> but is that, is that person really getting you closer to God? Mm. Are, are they, are they really assisting you in glorifying him? Are they going to be, um, are, are, are they someone who you're looking to build a relationship whose foundation is Christ? If you're being honest with yourself, probably not. Absolutely. It's probably something that you want. Um, and so, you're 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 exploring the idea of yoking yourself to an unbeliever and i think that is where you fall in fall into danger mm-hmm. and i don't know if it i think it's most obvious um in the uh in the context of relationships i think because we always think of you, know, you think of yoking you think of 
um, you think of two oxen, but I also wonder if it has to do with associating with things that you know to be um, contrary to who God is. Mm-hmm. So you know, for instance, um, he doesn't just he doesn't just say the unnucleoke part, which is um, I think probably the most famous portion. But what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Mm-hmm. So you can't work in certain industries. You know, I would argue that as a Christian, it, you cannot be a, a pornographer, right? That's just not something you can That's do. That's a hot take, Greg. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, you aren't going to like that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's, it's you have no light yeah. with darkness. And yeah. it's an extreme if example. If you're a bouncer at one of the strip clubs on Piedmont. Right. Maybe should, maybe you, you need to step away from that. Find a new job. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that Paul's kind of bringing that warning. Like, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're new creations. And yeah, we are, you know, our sins are forgiven. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can kind of continue going on doing something or it's even unethical yeah, uh, or illegal because, you know, hey, like I've been washed clean and I need a job. So I think that to me, that's the most practical part of this passage is what in your life is tying you to unbelief or to sinful or dark conduct that you need to separate yourself from? Absolutely. You know, Paul has spent a lot of time talking about ministry so far. Some of it, he's talking about his ministry and some of it, he's talking about sort of the common shared ministry Mm -hmm. of believers and, you know, very specifically the ministry of reconciliation in chapter five, you know, we, that we have been made a new creation and welcomed into God's ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors of Christ. So we implore you be reconciled to God. And so he's talking a lot about, you know, basically what what is the framework of the life that we live it's mm-hmm. that we don't regard people according to the flesh it's that we don't live under the law of god but under the righteousness of christ you know it's that we are on a mission to see other people reconciled to god you know and and the list goes on and on of the things that he's listed out and then that we are restricted by our affections and are opening our hearts to be filled with the holy spirit as you know, he talked about yesterday. So this is like the mission of believers, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the direction that we live our lives. And I think the yoked imagery is really helpful because if you have two, you know, like two oxen or two sled dogs or two whatever, two horses, <laughs> right? And you you have them yoked together to a carriage or a sled or a plow or whatever, and those two oxen or whatever want to go different directions it's going to be a mess right for everybody involved for both oxen (laughs) and for the person on the plow yeah and this is the this is the point right like it's not just like a legalistic like Mm -hmm. stay away from non-christians yeah it's like you you both regard like the basic way that you regard people is different. The right. basic beliefs that you hold about the people around you are different. Mm-hmm. The basic understanding that you have for the purpose of your life and the best use of your time is different. And so how, like what fruitful partnership is there right. when you don't even want to pull the plow the same direction? Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I do think it extends outside of marriage. Like I, I definitely think that it does apply to marriage. But I mean, you don't like, I, I do think it is important to notice, like, this is not like a sexual or romantic passage. Like, right. he's speaking in a very open-ended way. And I think that we have, like, done ourselves a disservice by making this passage, like, purely about marriage in mm-hmm. Christian circles. It's like, if you are, like, 
only looking for a Christian spouse, but then like the people who have the biggest like seat at your table and the way you make decisions and like your business yep. mentors and you know, the like people who advise and shape the way you think politically, like if those people are not Christian voices, it doesn't matter who you marry. <laughs> like, right. like you, you're completely being shaped in every other way of your life by right. non-Christians. And so, you know, that yoked imagery, it, it's very holistic. Yeah. And like, the mission of our life and the productivity of our life. I, you know, it's interesting you mentioned politics because I work in politics about 50% of my job. Yeah. And I do see a lot of people who <clears throat> are brothers and sisters, but who um, I would say that just the demands and I'm not making any particular political direction here. The demands of politics are that it's going to demand to be, to pull you in a different direction from your faith. It mm-hmm. just is because the demands are of the earth. They're not of, mm-hmm. they're not of heaven. And that, yeah, that's a great picture of like what it means to be, what it can mean to be unequally yoked who, yeah. you know, Jason always talks a lot about like you get discipled at church for like an hour on Sunday, but yeah. all week other things are discipling you. Yeah. And what is, you know, what, what is discipling you, whether it's at work, whether it's your friends, you know, what are these things, what direction are they pulling you in? Yeah. And it's not just about that they're, that people happen to be unbelievers, but it's like, if you're yoked with them, if you're being pulled in a direction, mm-hmm. are they pulling you away? And like you said, it'll end up being a giant mess because you're going to end up compromising yourself mm-hmm. or coming to a very, very messy split. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you, sometimes you have to think about, you know, my grandfather was a pastor and my dad said when he was a little kid, he didn't put bumper stickers for like the presidential election on his car. And this was like JFK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very long time ago. And yeah. uh, he said, why aren't you doing that? And he said, because I'm a pastor and I don't really want to separate myself off from anyone who I may be able to mm-hmm. reach. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes you, you associate yourself with things. Not only does it pull you away from the gospel, but it also separates you off from people you may be able to reach, people you may be able to show love to because you're sort of flying some type of tribal flag. Yep. So I think it's very important to, to not yoke yourself to something that can sort of push away people that the Holy Spirit might use you to reach because you've decided you want to be part of group a and they're part of group b dude i yeah i feel like i could talk about that for hours (laughs) but i totally agree and i think that's a great place to sort of land the plane is you know like yes this passage applies to dating and marriage and you know and that's maybe one of the most important applications because like who you date and are married to has such a drastic impact on your life but i think if we only read it that way then, you know, it's like I'm married to Jenna and she's a Christian. And so I can just like read it and be like, okay, like check. But this, I really need to read this and take a much deeper inventory of, am I yoking myself to influences and to people who are, you know, basically distracting me from the Mm -hmm. the actual mission of Christ. And, you know, that could be political pundits. It could be, you know, like business mentor type people. Like it can be any number of Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, that's not to say we can't have political views sure, and we can't read business books by non-Christians and we can't have like let our boss mentor us at work. But it's, it's that idea of yoking and shaping and shared life mission. And we have to make sure that the, the people that we are most closely partnered with, are on the same mission and regard people the same way that we do so a good word from second corinthians 6 and the first verse of chapter 7 today for greg conley this is will carlisle 
We hope to see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.